Section 5 of Men, Women, and Ghosts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio. Men, Women, and Ghosts by Amy Lowell. Section 5 Pickthorn Manor stanzas thirty one through forty she gave a little cry and fell quite prone in the long grass and lay there very still gervaise leaped from the tree at her soft moan and kneeling over her with clumsy skill unloosed her bodice fanned her with his hat and his unguarded lips pronounced his heart eunice my dearest girl where are you hurt his trembling fingers dart over her limbs, seeking some wound. She strove to answer, opened wide her eyes. Above her knelt Sir Everard, with face alert. Her eyelids fell again at that sweet sight. My love, she murmured, dearest, oh, my dear. He took her in his arms and bore her right and tenderly to the old seat and here i have you mine at last she said and swooned under his kisses when she came once more to sight of him she smiled in comfort knowing herself laid as before close covered on his breast and all her glowing youth answered him and ever nearer growing she twined him in her arms and soft festooned herself about him like a flowering vine drawing his lips to cling upon her own a ray of sunlight pierced the leaves to shine where her half-opened bodice let be shown her white throat fluttering to his soft caress half gasping with her gladness and her pledge she whispers melting with delight a twig snaps in the hornbeam hedge a cackling laugh tears through the quietness Eunice starts up in terrible distress. My God, what's that? Her staring eyes are big. Revulsed emotion set her body shaking, as though she had an ague. Gervaise swore, jumped to his feet in such a dreadful taking, his face was ghastly with the look it wore. Crouching and slipping through the trees, a man in worn blue livery, a humpbacked thing, made off but turned every few steps to gaze at Eunice and to fling vile looks and gestures back. The ruffian, my Christ's death, I will split him to a span of hog's thongs. She grasped at his sleeve. Gervaise, what are you doing here? Put down that sword. That's only poor old Tony, crazed and lame. We never notice him. With my dear Lord, I ought not to have minded that he came but gervaise it surprises me that you should so lack grace to stay here with one hand she held her gaping bodice to conceal her breast i must demand your instant absence everard but new returned will hardly care for guests adieu eunice you're mad his brain began to reel he tried again to take her tried to twist her arms about him truly she had said nothing should ever part them in a mist she pushed him from her 
clasped her aching head in both her hands and rocked and sobbed aloud oh where is everard what does this mean so lately come to leave me thus alone but gervase had not seen sir everard then gently to her bowed and sickening spirit he told of her proud surrender to him he could hear her moan then shame swept over her and held her numb hiding her anguished face against the seat at last she rose a woman stricken dumb and trailed away with slowly dragging feet gervase looked after her but feared to pass the barrier set between them all his rare joy broke to fragments worse than that unreal and standing lonely there his swollen heart burst out and on the grass he flung himself and wept he knew alas the loss so great his life could never heal for days thereafter eunice lived retired waited upon by one old serving-maid she would not leave her chamber and desired only to hide herself she was afraid of what her eyes might trick her into seeing of what her longing urged her then to do what was this dreadful illness solitude had tortured her into her hours went by in a long constant fleeing the thought of that one morning and her being bruised itself on a happening so rude it grew ripe summer when one morning came her tirewoman with a letter printed upon the seal were the dean crest and name with utmost gentleness the letter hinted his understanding and his deep regret but would she not permit him once again to pay her his profound respects no word of what had passed should pain her resolution only let them get back the old comradeship her eyes were wet with starting tears now truly she deplored his misery yes she was wrong to keep away from him he hardly was to blame twas she she shuddered and began to weep twas her fault hers her everlasting shame was that she suffered him whom not at all she loved poor boy yes they must still be friends she owed him that to keep the balance straight it was such poor amends which she could make for rousing hopes to gall him with their unfulfilment tragical it was and she must leave him desolate end of section five recording by leonard wilson of springfield ohio